Research Radio, the podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in science and engineering. My name is Megan, and I'm a fourth-year TMM student here at the University of Ottawa, and I'll be your host for the special episode as part of our TMM 4950 Science Communication course. Today, I'm excited to be joined by the wonderful Dr. Ian Coleman, Director of the Applied Psychiatric Epidemiology across the Life Lab and Professor of Epidemiology at the University of Ottawa. Welcome to the show, Dr. Coleman. Thanks. I'm uh, delighted to be here. <laughs> okay, so why don't we dive right in then? So as an epidemiologist, we understand that your research looks at various patterns of mental health within the general population. And recently, we've come to learn about the fetal programming hypothesis, which suggests that events during pregnancy influence the child during both their time in the womb and beyond. Could you tell us about how this applies to mental health? Sure. Uh, the fetal programming hypothesis has been around for, uh, you know, since maybe the 1980s or so, and it was originally applied to cardiovascular disease and uh, and type 2 diabetes. Um, and uh, as people started researching it, they started thinking about how it might apply to, to mental health. And the idea of the hypothesis is that what's happening to mom when she's pregnant uh, is that she's sending signals uh, through hormones to the fetus to prepare the fetus for the world that uh, it's going to uh, face when it's uh, born. And, you know, some of those uh, signals may actually induce changes in development that may be maladaptive if the environment that the fetus faces isn't what was uh, expected. So uh, when it comes to mental health, the thing that we uh, think about uh, most often when it comes to uh, a pregnant uh, person is stress. So if uh, the, the mom is experiencing a lot of stress, there's increased cortisol in her body, cortisol uh, passes the uh, placental barrier. Um, and if, it, if that happens at a time when uh, the fetal brain development includes the development of the HPA axis, which is the part of the brain that deals with uh, stress that could uh, alter the uh, response to stress in uh, a long-term, possibly permanent uh, way. And this has actually been demonstrated uh, in uh, animal models um, with uh, rats and uh, and monkeys, where they've done experiments where the uh, during pregnancy there's some sort of stress induced uh, uh, during the the pregnancy, and then the offspring uh, are more reactive during tests that are uh, meant to uh, to test uh, anxiety. That's actually pretty interesting. When we think about children's mental health, I find that we don't often think about what mothers themselves are going through. And I believe in the same vein, you published a paper about two years ago on prenatal maternal stress, children's mental health, and parenting. So why did you feel that this was important to look into? And could you tell us what the overall objectives were? Yeah, so we've done some work uh, in this area looking at stressors uh, during pregnancy. One of the awkward things is, I, you know, I just explained how there's these animal experiments uh, about stressors during pregnancy. We can't do experiments with humans where we take uh, pregnant people and then expose them to really stressful things to see what happens uh, to the, the children after they're born. And so instead, what we have to do is we have to look at observational studies 
where people have reported on uh, what has happened during pregnancy, um, and then we look at the uh, the mental health of the uh, of the offspring. Um, there's uh, studies going back maybe about uh, 20 years where people originally started looking at low birth weight and uh, they linked low birth weight to uh, offspring poor mental health. Um, in fact, this was one of the studies I did uh, for my doctoral uh, research. And the idea there is that low birth weight is just a very crude marker uh, of adversity um, during pregnancy or adversity in the womb. Um, and then studies started coming out where people had better and better measures of uh, stressful things that are happening during pregnancy. So in this uh, particular case, uh, we had the opportunity to work with collaborators in Norway, uh, where uh, a large number of women had signed up to be part of a study. They signed up during pregnancy um, and they and their children were followed uh, for, you know, many years. For some of them, it's coming up to uh, 25 years uh, that they've been uh, followed. And what was really great about the study is that there was a real comprehensive uh, measures of stress. So there was things about things that were happening in their relationships, things that were happening, uh, say, in the workplace, what their financial thing, situation was, whether there were, you know, acute stressful events that happened during pregnancy, and so on. So we were trying to get a real comprehensive uh, picture of stress, and see how that was associated with uh, these assessments of mental health that were done uh, uh, for the children when they were at ages uh, five and eight years old. And then the second th thing that we really wanted to focus on was whether anything that happens prenatally um, that may be harmful, whether that can be modified by positive things that are happening early uh, in the child's life. Um, and the, the interest that we had there was actually in what parents are doing because parenting behaviors, uh, I believe, are a modifiable factor, and there's something that uh, you know, fr from a public health perspective, uh, it can be a target for uh, for intervention. Oh, intriguing! So parenting is quite important, as we concluded. So why don't we take a closer look into the study then? So firstly, you mentioned analyzing data from Norway on mothers' stress during pregnancy and its effects on their children. As these kids grew older, what do you find the greatest impacts were? Yeah, so what we found uh, generally was that as uh, uh, indicators of stress during pregnancy uh, increased, uh, it was more and more likely uh, that the children experienced more and more uh, mental or behavioral uh, problems uh, in early childhood. Um, and so the, the terms we tend to use are internalizing and externalizing. Um, so internalizing, uh, the, this is a psychological term that's used. This refers to symptoms that people experience when people are feeling distress and they direct their feelings inward towards themselves. We call that internalizing. So those are common symptoms of depression or anxiety. Um, but if people are feeling very distressed and they uh, um, express that distress in an outward fashion, we call that externalizing. So that is uh, usually in terms of behavior. So uh, we see that 
things like uh, conduct problems uh, from children uh, in school or uh, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, is considered an externalizing uh, disorder as well. So we found that the prenatal stress was associated um, with uh, both increases in uh, uh, internalizing and externalizing. Okay, rather curious. So if we were to kind of go back to the fetal programming hypothesis, what were some key environmental factors you found at play here? And were there any sex differences observed? So yeah, we um, we did find that there were environmental uh, factors, which is good news. Um, you know, when I first started doing this kind of research, and uh, I would present these, these findings that showed that uh, stress during pregnancy increases the risk of poor mental health for the offspring. Um, and, you know, some previous studies, we did this, you know, up to age, uh, effects up to age 18. Uh, and people would say, wow, you know, am I marked for life because uh, my mom got in a car accident when I was in the womb or something uh, like that? And, you know, that was, it felt, um, it didn't feel good, you know, to think of something being so deterministic and that, you know, you're kind of marked for life. And so this is why we're really interested in, in looking at, well, how much does the surrounding environment uh, make an impact in terms of reducing some of those uh, effects? So we did see some of those uh, effects uh, there. Um, and what we noted was that uh, parenting behaviors really did make a difference in terms of reducing the impact of prenatal stress on the offspring uh, mental health. Um, so things like uh, parents being consistent uh, in their discipline uh, is uh, is something that that actually matters because when parents are inconsistent in their discipline, that's actually really stressful uh, for a child. They don't know what to expect uh, from their uh, parents. So we noticed that uh, when uh, parental uh, uh, consistent discipline uh, uh, was high, then there would be a reduced effect of the prenatal stress. Similarly, when uh, parental involvement uh, was higher. So this is, uh, you know, parents being more involved in their children's lives. And it may be just some things as simple as spending more time uh, with your, your child. I can tell you, I spent an hour last night with my 15-year-old daughter preparing for her math test. That was uh, this morning. Um, you know, these things uh, are supportive and they do matter. So we noticed that uh, you know, for parental involvement as that increased this association between prenatal stress and offspring uh, mental health was uh, reduced. And we did notice uh, some sex uh, specific uh, effects. Uh, so we noticed that uh, for boys, they seemed there was a bigger effect related to discipline. Uh, whereas for girls, there was more of an association with parental involvement. Um, and that actually aligns with uh, other studies that we've done using Canadian data, um, looking at association between parenting practices and adolescent mental health. There seems to be a bigger effect 
for boys with related to discipline. So harsh discipline can be particularly harmful for boys, whereas uh, for girls, there's a bigger effect from uh, more positive positive parenting uh, behaviors. Hey, that's all pretty informative. You covered quite a few axes there. So for those parents that we have listening out there, what recommendations would you give to decrease stress levels, especially for those who are expecting? Yeah, I think that's it's it's a really hard target at the individual uh, level. You know, it's easy to say, oh, you should prioritize uh, self-care and things like that. But, you know, we can't put all the burden uh, on the person who's uh, who's carrying uh, uh, a fetus, um, you know, we have to look at the support network uh, around them, and that can be from you know with uh, with a partner, uh, with a family, with their neighborhood, or in their uh, community uh, more broadly. So I would encourage anything that brings people uh, together to uh, support. Uh, pregnant women, um, particularly, um, you know, anything that makes them feel more uh, supportive. Um, But also, uh, you know, think about policies uh, that support, um, you know, pregnant people so that they can uh, take necessary uh, time, that they can get relief uh, from work uh, when necessary, that they're not feeling stressed about financial implications, about taking uh, medical uh, leaves or their parental leave and so on. And uh, I think it's a collective effort that we all need to think about. Hey, so it's definitely a lot more holistic than we could have envisioned before. But thank you so much. I'd say that that pretty much wraps up our questions for today. So we'd like to thank Dr. Coleman for his time because this was a very, very insightful episode for all of us. And we'd also like to thank our director, Dr. Emilio Ellercon, and the whole Beats team for making this interview possible. Thanks for